I'm so glad you found this podcast. It's called Hearing as in Being Here Now. Yes, that was me singing. I'm a singer-songwriter, and you can find my music everywhere digitally, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find digital music, you'll find me. You can also find my music on amyloftus.com, and on amyloftus.com is a tab called Portal. So under portal, just click on that and you'll find lots of information on this podcast and another one that I did called Something Better. There are free downloads, there are videos, book recommendations, information on my coaching practice. There's lots to find there. So just go to amyloftus.com forward slash portal. I love hearing from you and I write back. My email is amy at amyloftus.com. I'm also on Telegram under Amy Loftus Projects and I'm on Instagram at I am Amy Loftus. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it. This is a grassroots passion project and your help means the world. Thank you for listening and hearing with me. Hey everybody, welcome to Hearing and welcome back. This is Amy Loftus and I'm on the line with someone in my local community. Her name is Marcy. The The tides have turned so much in my life that <laughs> I used to pursue celebrities and writers and musicians and authors not that I wouldn't still but my entire perspective on who I'm interested in talking to has totally shifted like so many of us have are having the same experience so today in order to inspire people and inform them here where I live in Culver City California and also to inspire anyone who's not local for me to get involved in their own local community. I just wanted to have a brief conversation with someone that I've been volunteering with on how much it matters to get involved at the local level, what it looks like. And honestly, it's just, it takes so much courage. These are my heroes now are the people that actually stick their neck out for what really matters. And, and so that we can preserve the freedoms that we've enjoyed for our children, seven generations to come. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Marcy. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we met because we're both volunteering for a recall campaign. And the, the main thing that I want to emphasize on this recall campaign, and I think probably you agree with me, is that this is not personal. This is not about personalities. Or, um, you know, it, it's not personal. It's about service. It's about public service. And when a when hundred people get on a video meeting, because the meetings are still on video, uh, saying absolutely not to policy, and one person gets on, or two or three, that's cheerleading the personality on the board, and then the board votes for the thing, that 100 people took time to stand against, there's a problem. And that's what the recall movement is about. It's really that simple. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it has uh, 
it keeps migrating into personal, emotional, irrational uh, reaction and response. But the truth is, we're just a city and <laughs> we're, a, we're people that want to be left alone and want to live our lives. And we don't believe in having a city council be um, the, you know, weighing in on moral or um, ethical issues in our lives or in our children's lives. So what does it look like for you, Marcy? What has your involvement looked like? And what do you what's what do you want to share with with the community and the greater community? Well, it it absolutely is to some degree, especially when you're talking about local politics. It is it is personal in that it affects your personal life directly. And when, when I first decided or debated on, was I going to get involved? I, uh, this year, I finally asked myself, if not me, who, who is going to stand up for us? Who is going to go out there and um, tell them, no, we are done. You need to listen to us. And um, this is our city. Um, your agenda that is because right now what we have is we have three council members who all vote in a block, regardless of what the citizens say, who come on to the council meetings and um, they hold the majority uh, and they just they, they yeah, want. they hold the majority because there's there's five city council members and we have three who always vote together. It does not matter what the agenda item is, they always vote together. It does not matter if we have two, three, 400 people who say this is not in the best interest of this beautiful little community that we live in. We live in, you know, it's a small town in the middle of, the, of a metropolis. And this is what appeals to the people who move in and live here because we all know our neighbors in these small little neighborhoods. We know our neighbors. I know every single neighbor on my block. I know some neighbors on other blocks because that's the type of community that we live in. If you need help, and this is very rare, it's hard to find in in big cities, but if you need help, like if somebody, um, you know, if, if, yeah, if you need help, the neighbors will come over and help you. This is how it works here. And this is not something um, this is not something that you see in the big city or even in some of the small communities around here. Uh, I was talking to when I was out canvassing, I was talking to uh, someone who ended up signing the petition for recall. Uh, He didn't uh, hadn't necessarily wanted to live here, but he couldn't afford to live in Venice, which is more expensive. So he and his wife moved here because it's close enough to Venice, but it's, you know, but he was able to afford it. And he he moved into this neighborhood and he said, you know, I wouldn't have gotten the same type of um, community feeling in Venice, even though he'd lived there for years that I have here. I know my neighbors, we watch out for each other, we talk to each other. He said, it's, it's, I grew up in a small town, mid, Midwest town, 
And he said, I've never been able to explain to anybody what it's like to live in a small Midwest town out here until I moved into this city yep. and moved into this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this is that's the true. Kind I of grew life. up in one. This is very yeah. much like the town I grew up in, in the Midwest. Yeah. And this is the kind of community that we're trying to save that these three council members say, well, we need more density because the people who everybody who wants to live here should be able to live here. And and it's like, OK, but, you know, unfortunately, that's not where it is economically right now. No. And what and, they're doing, the policy that that they attach to that emotional pie in the sky is only going to benefit developers. And I know well, a developer who's for the recall movement. He stands to I make millions several. in this area and he's for the recall movement because he knows it's wrong. Well, and they've also said, I've spoken to a number of developers who have signed, um, who have said this will not make it affordable. Um, and, and it's true. It won't. So there are the recent, the, there are three that I know of three, four plexes ju- that just went up in the, na- in, in Culver city and, um, each unit in those four plexes sold for anywhere between 1.1 and $1.5 million. So that's not, that's not affordable by any stretch of the imagination. No. To the average person who's looking to move in here and um, heck that's not affordable for a lot of us who ha- already live here yeah um, so it's a that's that is one of the issues uh, you know another issue is is what's happening downtown with the streets um, where no one and, can drive but there's where, space for buses and bikes and there are no and, buses and bikes uh, in those lanes <laughs> Right. Matter of fact, I was just watching um, a video that someone posted on one of the Facebook groups and they showed that, you know, what should have only taken a minute took her like four minutes to drive. But on top of that, in this very area where they have the bike lane, a bike crossed in front of her in the crosswalk and and then was riding up the sidewalk. And, and in that whole time in the video, there was not one single cyclist in the bike lane. Oh, there she, never we are. did not see we did not see one single bus. No, we have a in joke, the bus. Like, where's the bus? Where's the bike? But here's the right. real point. And I mean, we, we can all share because I'm sure there's lots of people that could wax poetic about how great it is. But the point is a humongous majority vocalized their dissent, vocalized their their lack of support don't do this to our main street we finally have you know things the way we want them businesses had foot traffic and people who were parking at um, meters and at city hall and everything was fine just like so many things that have been going on since spring of 2020 nothing was wrong nothing had to be this wrong or this bad so that's the point is that a lot of people spoke up for that like please stop don't do this and then it was pushed through. And well, that's and what keeps know, happening. Right. And you know, the, also, like one of the neighborhoods or the neighborhoods off of these main streets and one of them, they are locked in. They have no other way to get out besides that main street. 
and it oh, and it yeah. takes them 40 to 45 minutes just to get out of their neighborhoods yeah and then and then there are now because people are trying to avoid the main street they they jet through the the small neighborhood streets that you know these were built in 20s 30s 40s and 50s so they're not designed for traffic like that and now there's all kinds of track traffic in their neighborhood streets making the neighborhood streets that much more dangerous than if it had just been left alone now the first time i went down there and i didn't realize what they had done um it took me 20 minutes to get from duquesne to the trader joe's there which is for those who don't know about three blocks. Yes, it's about three, maybe four blocks. But yeah, there it were is insane. five cars in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so part of the issue, I mean, there's no way that they it would be hard for them to visualize. But part of the issue is, um, uh, well, first is the traffic lights. They're timed poorly, but also um you know, between that, there's another major thoroughfare that merges for what two blocks, mm-hmm. a block, two blocks into that section. And so we're all trying to merge into this one section with within those three blocks. There's what four traffic lights. Yeah. And the, and the space is there for anyone who's visualizing it, but it's been now reserved for cyclists and buses. Right. And, and just to stay on the, the principles in terms of what what this is like, because if, if people were living with this, which is r- ridiculous, but they were satisfied with the notion that the majority of their town had been for it, rational people would accept that. They'd go, it stinks. I can't stand it. I'm sitting in traffic. But you know what? The majority of my, my fellow citizens were heard by the city council who respects its constituents. And so therefore I've got to adjust. But the recall movement is because none of that is possible. None of that acceptance is possible for decent citizens because they already know what has happened. We're an experiment for an agenda focused city council majority. And to give you an idea, it's of the, you know, one of the, council members it reminds me of art school the way they frame stuff on twitter it's like how many ways can i think about this to justify this totally emotional irrational unfair ignoring of my constituents how can i reframe it in a in a clever tweet so that i can avoid and what why i do this podcast is because i like bringing things back to rational thought and principles and what they're avoiding is that they just continue to ignore their constituents. It's just that well, simple. So the, the thing is, is it's also beyond that. They use inflammatory rhetoric in order to try to sal- silence the constituents that disagree with them. So yeah. at least two of those city council members have said anybody and everybody who owns a single family home is racist, privileged and exclusionary. And and so, you know, it's become 
that saying that has become a way of silencing and then justifying. And I can tell you, someone who has, for the past two or more or more months, canvassing these neighborhoods. This is an extremely diverse city. It's it's lovely. I can tell you that that um, while I would never want to have to be involved to get someone recalled. The people I have met who sincerely care about their city, who um, who are horrified of the division that this is causing, but are also determined to have their voices heard, is amazing. Yeah. So we have this beautiful community of people. Of if we get any more diverse, Amy, we would need aliens from outer space. I know. I mean, I my when when our older son was in fifth grade, which was I don't know eight years ago or something. We my my mother in law, who's been a civil rights activist since she was a teenager, um, was she rubbed my back during his graduation or his promotion, whatever you call it. They're singing in the choir, and she rubs my back to get my attention, and she's sobbing. And she said, I just realized Dr. King's dream is alive in my lifetime and I'm seeing it. And she's sobbing because she's yeah. looking at the choir. Yeah. I mean, our our younger son said, why are the candidates white in 2016? He didn't think presidents were white. He thought they were black. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, I'm saying this because it's like it. it everything was moving along the way it was supposed to in terms of w the way that what what I would the standard that I would set like we we just simply are diverse now right I'm all ears for someone who has a, has it, it still is still experiencing a world in which is below that standard absolutely yeah. but to blanket anyone who re who rejects your agenda and to call them names and to uh, intimidate them into being silent, it doesn't make, it's, it's totally irrational. It's like yeah. all of this needs to be solved with rational thought and rational communication. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's like, it, it's so and crazy. And I know that we're, t that we're talking about many, many different communities in America today. It's, yeah. it's so insane. I mean, last night we were watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and they used our city hall to shoot a bunch of scenes that were about a city council. Okay. And I, I said to my husband, please pause this. I said, a pandemic so deadly that we're still on video meetings, watching five people wear their masks, video meetings where the elderly and people who actually built the town don't know how to get on WebEx. So they don't even really know about the chaos by design that has been accomplished. Some of them, they've found out by surprise or found out because they can't get to Venice Boulevard in less than 20 minutes. Right. Anyway, so a, a pandemic so deadly that we're watching people interact and hug and talk very closely to each other filmed in our city hall. On TV. They probably shot it six or eight weeks ago. Right. But we can't be in our city hall for meetings. And none well, of this would be happening 
if our council meetings were in person, if you ask and me. And here's the thing that maybe some people or people who don't know that are listening from around the world is every other city council meeting that around us, even in Los Angeles, yes, every single city council meeting is they are allowing people to come in in person. In person. In person. For some reason. Not, well, no, I can tell you why. Because they were able to do so much under what I call under the cover of darkness. Yep. And that was during the whole COVID lockdown and everything. They were able to do so much and get so much done that was, I, I don't even know if some of the stuff that they voted on really could have been passed and voted on by the city council. But because we were not allowed to be a part of those decisions as city, as city uh, residents, um, these things went through. And and I have to say that a lot of us are are upset with ourselves for being asleep on the job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I try to remember, remind people, you, you know, we're in extraordinary times. And um, if people hadn't been so concerned about just survival, we would have been see- we would have seen this happening long before. Now, so one. So I wanted to bring up this fact. So we had these three city council members that that want to completely change our city plan. And and that would overlay uh, R4, which is uh, fourplex, fourplexes, allowing fourplexes into single family home, uh, single family home zoning. So overlay that overlay our single family home zoning with R4. Um, And so the according to California law, the community is supposed to be given enough time, so 30 days, in order to review these changes in city plans before any vote or decision is made by council. We're supposed to be able to give our feedback, but we're supposed to be able to have 30 days to review this. Mind you, a lot of these plans are in excess of 200 pages of legalese crap. So, you know, you really do need the time to be able to sit down and review and see what does this mean to our city and how is this going to fundamentally change the fabric of it? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? How is it going to affect our lives? What will it do in the long term? So on and so forth. So on uh, December 29th, uh, the city posted a revision to the city plan and and then said we are going to be having a planning uh, uh, committee meeting on January 6th, which is today. Tonight. Tonight. They have given us, what, seven days to review this new revision. We're supposed to have 30 days to do it. The other thing is, is um, this is during holidays, once again. So this is during the holidays. And so we really had less than a week to go over these plans to tell them why the, either we like it or it's not going to work for us. Yeah, part of the chaos by design strategy to push these agendas through is 
for people to find things out when it's too late or to find things out in real time. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast today to get as many people on the meeting as possible tonight. And it's the same day. Like, so go ahead. I just wanted to throw that in. No. And I want to, so, and the thing is, is that there, one of the council members actually contacted, um, some UC professors about urban planning and, and they were there. It, it, there is in the freedom of information act, um, a, a, a resident here requested some information and, and so there was collusion between the city council member and this, uh, and a UC professor in how they were going to hide from the residents that they they as long as possible that they wanted to get rid of single family home zoning so that by the time we actually found out it would be too late to do anything about it holy mother of god i didn't know that yes there is there i i i wouldn't be able to send you the um i i, I i'm not going to say his name on uh, on this because I don't I, I don't know if that would be okay, but I can give you his information or give you his name and you can contact him and and um, but there is an email between um, who was then mayor and and then and a UC a UC a, a professor uh, about ab- about this and 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 that is you know there's this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. And someone's, uh, when I spoke to someone who was, who th- is okay with their agenda, um, they said, well, you know, um, politicians do this all the time. And I, I said, yes, but it's not an excuse. And when we know, when we find out about it, and if we know it's happening, it is our duties as citizens to, um, to make sure that they do not stay in office. Yes. Because because any time and every time we allow them to do something that is unethical and could potentially be illegal then then we are complicit. That's right. And it's and, it's a re- and it, Go ahead. Uh, no and and if 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 and I feel like if we're going to complain, put your money where your mouth is, put your feet where your mouth is, you know what I mean? Then it, you really need to start getting involved. And I can tell you that city politics, politics in general are ugly. City politics can be really ugly. We have been um, uh, aggressively approached by those who oppose the recall and um and verbally emotionally. I, emotionally emotionally i can't emphasize verbally enough. attacked emotions are irrational you know like it's irrational the the strategy of anyone who's resisting it because that's all that the, that is left for them because there is no logic in what's actually taking place and and we've been verbally attacked and you know called names um you know i think yesterday i was some guy aggressively verbally attacked me called me a racist and um you know while i was out canvassing and but what it tells me is that when you uh and he was trying really hard not to let me get a word in edgewise 
Um, and, and I decided, you know, okay, I'm not going to have a shouting match with him because that's not going to do any good. And, um, uh, so I just waited. And then the person I was talking to said, okay, well, can you give me your reasonings as to why you're doing this? And so then I calmly told, told the person why we were out here and what our reasons were. And, um, and why we believed that these two people needed to be recalled. And um, the, the other person who had verbally attacked me kept trying to um, interject. And I, you know, I finally just turned to him and said, you will have your turn. I'm speaking right now. He asked me a question. You can wait. And because I'm, I'm not done. And, and so he stopped but, you know, the thing is, is that I am and all of us are OK with having a civil discussion about it. Um, but that's not what we've experienced with a lot of them, because they come in and they actually try to bait us. And so you have to this is something like you were talking about being rational and logical and you have to step back from the emotion and stay. You can be passionate with what you're of what you're for and what you stand for without being angry, without calling people names, um, you know, without verbally attacking someone else. Uh, you can do all of that. And I've had a number of discussions with people like that um, where we've had these discussions and then we just walk away and agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, uh, you, you know, that is what we need to come to and then figure out, come together and figure out, can we meet in the middle somewhere? Yeah. In this, I think it's going to be, it's going to be hard because um, a lot of them, uh, those uh, really do feel like that it's perfectly okay to put four plexes up in the middle of these single family home um, zones with no requirement for parking or any money into our infrastructure or even requirements for affordability. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that have been motivated to just not really think about it, not think it through and just be like, yeah, that seems like the right thing to do. And it's just really important to find out what the details are. And, you know, I'll be totally honest. I take a personal inventory and I am not good at what you're doing, Marcy. And that's why I'm glad you're canvassing. Like, I am really emotional. I am really passionate. I cannot stand hypocrisy. I am allergic to BS. I have an <laughs> I-, <laughs> I come from a big, huge Irish family and we are very passionate. <laughs> well, and we uh- don't like BS. And I just, I bring all of that. I mean, I, I, I've been so emotional on the city council meetings because I can't believe what it comes down to for me is how are you living like this? How are you sleeping at night? Why are you doing this to people? I'm talking to city employees who are watching the deterioration of citizens that have just innocently relied on buses and relied on systems that have just simply worked nothing was wrong i've i've gone door to door to people in the nicest neighborhood in our area they're decent people that were here a long time before i was here they were here a long time before any member of of the the city council with the exception of one who's been here the whole time but anyway that it's not cool for me to go okay 
you know, we're going to railroad over all these people who were here before us who didn't even know about this. That's so disrespectful. And the other thing that I, I had a conversation with somebody who is all for it, an anarchist jacket that someone saw on a city council member. Yeah. But he goes, he's like, hey, I'm all for that. I have lot. He's in a community or a subculture that where people might be inclined to wear that jacket. He goes, I don't want to see that jacket on somebody that's running my city. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, let's just get back to basic common sense. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to just going to stop talking. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, my husband would, my husband kind of laughed when he heard people talking, saying that I uh, stay calm and rational. (laughs) But, you know, when I'm out there, I do because I'm out there and I have to become, I have to be professional about this. And so if people are going to get angry and upset, then I mean, I've had people slam doors on my face. I had someone call me a dupe. Um, because, uh, you know, certainly I, I couldn't be smart enough to know my own mind and, uh, we've been convinced otherwise. And mind you, this guy lives in a single family home in a very nice neighborhood and, um, and a very large home and, and, um, well, I know. I, I mean, just, it's like I get I get I just, confused by this. Yeah, I do. Because too. it's like, OK, so you, you bought and moved into this neighborhood and, and you, you feel guilty here. about it and you don't want to have and, to think anything through. Well, maybe you feel I don't know. Or why? Why do you suddenly want um, to change the neighborhood when the whole appeal of it? What the whole reason you bought in that neighborhood was the appeal of living there. Yeah. And someone uh, did. Uh, maybe I already told this story, but someone tried to claim that I was afraid. What, what asked me what I was afraid of, of having fourplexes and having more people it's move into my neighborhood. Emotion. Once again, and mo- they said, motivating so you emotion. Must, you're, you must be afraid. And I said, no, I'm not afraid. I just don't. So here's the thing. I like the space. I like the breathing room that there is in the neighborhood, which is why I live in a single family home, because there's that breathing room. And I know all of my neighbors and I like my neighbors. I like all of my neighbors. How rare is that? Yeah. In, you know, and there's something like 17 houses on our block. I know all of them. And and, and I'll add to so, this because I, I know you agree with me because we've discussed it before. And the the adding or the changing in the way that doesn't appeal to you it wouldn't serve anyone but developers and you know that right that's the component because i i know you and so i know if you were to weigh and measure out well actually though if this were to to come to pass as a result of it perhaps i would consciously compromise but that's the problem there's not even service in it the agenda that they give a lot of lip service to is not actual service. It wouldn't really so, help anybody. It would just this, put a lot of money in people people's pockets that already have money. In this block alone, my block alone, there are six lots that could be upzoned. If those are upzoned to say 
four R four. And, and that's not saying that people will sell or that they'll sell to developers, but if they do sell to developers and all six go up and they go up and they build fourplexes because it is in their interest to build fourplexes. If you look at measure RE and how it was written multiplexes, it's in their interest to build multiplexes. Um, and, uh, by the way, for those of you who don't live in this city, measure RE is a tax that was passed recently and I don't know why people would vote on it, but they did. I voted against it, but that is, is it's a sales tax tax that, um, that, uh, uh, I, I don't know is punishes. I would say the residents, you know, it's on top of what we have to pay with. If you were to sell your house on top of what you have to pay for, uh, uh, you know, capital gains and everything else. And so um, the there are six lots that could go up with fourplexes. Now we live in these small on these small streets, like I said, that there are tree line streets that were built in like the this one this street was built in the mid to late 1940s. So they're not designed for a lot of traffic or for a lot of parking because back then most households maybe had one car, and um, so. Six, if that is six fourplexes, 24 new households, potentially 48 new cars, no place to park if they don't build any parking. And those units would most likely go for one point uh, over a million dollars a piece. Um, and on on top of that, uh, they haven't in their plan, they haven't discussed there hasn't been anything about what they're going to do about traffic. And what, how this is going to affect our schools and, and it really will impact our schools, but their response to the traffic is, well, if you don't provide any parking, people will just have fewer cars. They'll use mass transit. They'll ride their bike and they'll have to walk. Well, currently our mass transit is not going to be able to it, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't function the way it needs to in order for that amount of people to come in here. And and so this is, you know, it's just poorly thought out. And personally, I feel like the agenda, it's it's not a, an emotional agenda so much, at least for one of them. I think the, the agenda is more about isn't, is emotional. It's it's more about a political aspirations. Now, our current mayor um, has already, uh, so, you know, Karen Bass, our se the senator, stepped down because she's going to run for Los Angeles mayor. Our current mayor was the first person to um, register as a candidate for her seat. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. I am. That, so, you know, and this is not the first time that he has done that. Last year, um, uh, the seat that Holly Mitchell is in now, when there was a special election, he ran for her seat. Now he's running for Karen Bass's seat. He has only been in Culver City for four years. What does this tell you? Yeah. Is Culver City really a place that he cares about? No, we're a test or bed. It, we're a bunch of... Or, we're a are, we a stepping, are we a stepping stone? Yeah, a rung on a ladder. 
for sure. So, so this is, you know, and, and when I talk to people about this and some of the people who disagree with me, I tell them, look, Culver City, I personally believe that Culver City deserves better than being a stepping stone. The residents and the citizens here deserve deserve someone who actually cares about the city and is looking out for our best interests. And this is, and this is not what's happening. So I, and to bring this around to what we had started, uh, started this whole conversation is, is that when you are in, when this is happening in your city and you see this happening really, again, um, I know that it's, it can be scary to step out and to, uh, and to volunteer, but ask yourself, if not me, who, Yes. who yes. is going to step up and protect not just me, not just who me, but everyone, the future of my children, the future of all of our children Pe- and the future mm-hmm. of our city. And, our, and and ultimately the country, because it's these small towns and cities that make up um, the states and the countries. And and we are the ones, the, the citizens are the ones truly, even though they don't want you to know this, we are the ones with the power because there are many, many more of us than there are of them. Oh, yes. And this is what this is what we are so lucky to have and to whom much is given much is expected and that's what this is about I was asleep I was a totally deluded dem and when I say that 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 someone may be motivated by guilt it's because that was my experience I paid for through donations and emotional irrational support of issues and writing a check or you know spouting off about something that was paying for the guilt I felt for not having the, for, for having what being so blessed, having what I have and also not wanting to take the time to actually learn and get involved. And as soon as I did learn and get involved, I, I learned way more than I expected to on a national and international level. I registered as an independent and I was like, I am done. I will not ever allow a political movement to, access my emotions and use them to come to complete an agenda and move an agenda. I see it as plain as day now. And, and believe me, I was, I I almost feel like it's my living amends to, um, helping advance agendas that were toxic in the past. This is not sane. It doesn't make any sense. And so circling back, And let's just close this loop because honestly, I want to get this podcast up because there's a deadline for the planning commission today. If you're going to write an email to the planning planning commission, the deadline is 4 p.m. today to let them know that you do not want uh, this to to go through. This is this is urgent that you do not want this um, upzoning. Also, and, I would and like to through say- really quick. That's through Culver. You can go to Culver City Neighbors United. That's a website. You can also go to Common Sense Culver City. Yes. Um, there's another organization called Protect Culver City. Everyone is united. It, it, you, 
uh, some people, if you if you're listening and you haven't gone anywhere, you can go to any to, to any one of those websites. Um, I would like ahead. to add too that if you're interested in signing the recall petitions, we will be at the park, Carlson Park, from 2:30 to 4:30 p.m. every day through January 15th, and on January 15th, we will be there from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Unless it's raining, we will be there, and there's a good possibility now that even if it's raining, we will be there. I think so. Um, and so, and then you can also go to our website, culvercityrecall.org, and contact, um, and contact us through the email there, and, um, we have been we have been known to uh, then come to you and gather your signature if if that's if you want to sign. Yeah, but we'll, if you we make it to, to the you. park, yeah, we will come to you. But if you make it to the park, you will we will be there. And um, so this is you know it is it is important. It will affect our lives. A lot of times, I feel like the people who are in support of this uh, don't really have don't really see what it will do yes as soon because i was one of them as soon as you start to see because my awareness of what was what was actually happening and it was also through another major issue that i'm sure everyone knows what i mean by that when i saw what was actually happening and i started to learn it's been since the end of 2019 that i realized i was used and i was duped and a lot of people are being used and duped and their emotions and their fear of looking a certain way or fear of being um, smeared as a racist or whatever. And I had to face the fact that I've already failed in public so much. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. So I just had to face the fact that, okay, they're probably going to think this, this, and that about me, but I know what's true about me. I know who's in my life. I know how I've lived my life. And I simply need to stand up for what is rational and fair and what is freedom for all. What is set, what is truly safe and truly sane and what is toxic agenda politics and just totally uh, almost impossible to understand. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't even completely understand what the motivation is for uh, the destruction of a community that was this diverse and yeah. this strong, this yeah. caring. I had a neighbor of mine put a bag of dog crap in my face. He shoved a bag of dog crap in my face. Wow. Yeah. I've known him for all the years that I've lived here. He's wow. known my husband for 15 years. Wow. 20 years. What would do that? You know, have you ever been to a wedding where the people didn't really love each other? <laughs> Have you ever been to a wedding where everybody is kind of looking around going, I don't know if this one's going to stick. Right. I've been to a lot of weddings. So occasionally a wedding like that pops up yeah. and it's not fun. 
because yeah. the vibration <laughs> is is you know it's like channeled out into the the entire reception right that's going on here right now with this city council yeah you know there's a majority that is not stand there it's there's not unity on the actual council and i won't even go into that yeah um well you know i really feel for the people that want to do the right thing when the current mayor um through his celebration of being com- becoming the mayor uh he only invited invited the majority that's tragic that's that you know what that generally is? does not i don't know if that has ever happened in the history of our city i, I really don't know. i mean that's just indecent it's not it has there there's no dignity and it's, respect it's to that divisive. it's, div- it's divisive well, and there's no there's no respect for the actual seat yeah you know i was at a tony robbins conference in 2016 a week after the the presidential um campaign the, the yeah very controversial president one and i'm not going to comment on that on either side right a lot of people had a lot of emotions about it that's all i'm going to say and tony <laughs> robbins said Anyone who enters that realm will have respect for the office and you just have to focus on the office and not the personality. Right. Now, whether or not that came true, I'm also not even going to comment on that. But that is not having respect for your office. Yeah. No, everyone seems to have lost sight of the principles and what real privilege is, real privilege is freedom. Yeah. You know, Kevin Jenkins, who's just an incredible human being, and I have the privilege of calling him a friend. And he's speaking to what to the deep root of all of this, which is why he's completely smeared. He's yeah. speaking to the root of this. The privilege for all is freedom for all. That's where right. it starts. We are a human family, a human yeah. family. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on and on about what a spiritual perspective and living your life in the body that you happen to land in. I, I see things from a, the perspective of soul. I have my whole life. I do right. not get into this stuff that people are yeah. in. I, I refuse. Yeah. And um, I mean... I could just go on and on. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's very hard for me because I'm in a, I write songs and I'm in a business that's been infiltrated. I, right. I've, I've never thought about writing songs from any other perspective other than just soul. Right. And, and I've failed and I've been cut out and left out and discriminated against. Not definitely not as much as others. I'm sure. Yeah. But it, it's like, I, none of this is working. I, I have a friend who has a, a good friend who's a ballerina. She's a black woman and they met for lunch and she realized the black woman realized that she could speak freely about how against the, this movement of woke is and everything. And she sobbed. Right. She, she sobbed. She said, it's, it's just not even art anymore. It's not even just ballet. It's all yeah. this other stuff that I thought we were all past. Yeah. And I think so many people feel that way, you know? Yeah. 
So this, back to the point, this council has motivated people to really dig their heels into all of that stuff. And we yeah. have to be individuals. We have to be individuals and we have to be souls and members of a human family. And we've got yeah. to think about our kids and we've got to think about the next seven generations and what this place is going to look like when we're gone. And you're absolutely right. If not me, who? Yeah. 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 We, so, we have to be willing to stand up or we'll have nothing to stand for. That's right. So we, we might, we might have a very different experience in our, in our hood now, Marcy. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm sure they're just gonna. I mean, they. I know they already love me. I just so you know, I sign up like under my husband's name sometimes on the city council meetings. I think, well, they're not gonna let me in if I use my name. I mean, they don't. Yeah. I see them just like go, oh, not her, please, not her. Yeah. But you know that <laughs> that's the beauty of America. Like, let's all let's all just celebrate that. Ugh. Yeah. I could go yeah. on and on. I know. Um, Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, Carlson Park, 2.30 to 4.30 every single day if you want to sign the recall petition. Uh, it, I give you full-on permission to participate with us, especially if you've been seeing what's going on and knowing that it's wrong and feeling nervous about stepping forward. You are not alone. You are yeah. not alone. And... And they work for us. Let's remember that. Yes, they do. And I'm they gonna, don't think they do. They don't think they, they don't do. Think they do, but they do. No, and and just to close the loop on the beginning of when I said this is not personal. What I mean is, it is personal for people. It affects their personal lives, but it's not about personalities. You know, it's it's not about liking someone or showing your. If you're pledging allegiance to anything besides the principles that we all get to to stand on in this country right. you're you're missing the point go hang out with someone who immigrated from a communist country yeah hear that person out i certainly have so that's the thing that I, what i mean about the personalities is them winning over a group that then pledges allegiance to them that's a very scary slippery slope it is and I, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm pledging allegiance to the to the part of the council that does not uh, go with the majority. I don't pledge allegiance to them. And in fact, I'm totally against some of the stuff that they've passed. Well, so am I. But I but I really <laughs> appreciate the fact that I hear them talking about working for their constituents and hearing their constituents. I appreciate that. Yeah. And we've all just got to start seeing this through the principles and rational thought and critical thought and freedom yeah. for all. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you so much, Marcy. And uh, we'll see you at Carlson Park, everybody. I'm going to put the links in the um, in the podcast on Podbean. You'll be able to click on any of these websites from from the Podbean website. Thank, Thank you, so you for having me, Amy. My pleasure, Marcy. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks. We are home when we're together. I am home when I'm with you. That's a feeling that you just can't fake when you know the truth. Day and night, make you wait on a new road.
We feel alive